This is Days of Films Past, a podcast dedicated to exploring the legacy of cinema. Each and every week, we discuss a different movie that made a lasting impression on viewers like us. I'm James Kennedy. I'm Ellie Edwards. And this week, we'll be discussing Kill Bill Volume 2, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. You're getting good at this. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, this one. By far, Volume 2 is my favorite of the Kill Bills. I said that to you. You did. I agree. When they first came out, I didn't. But, you know, taste changed for sure. I just... Kill, volume one's so much more fun than this one is mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And it's, it's like, all it is is one giant action scene, basically. And this one is a lot more... There's a lot more story involved. You find out a lot more. There's a lot more character development overall. Yeah. And it's actually, the structure is super simple. And it's actually, it's linear compared to the other one. And honestly, it's a better movie. Okay. It's a better movie. So um, I'm going to talk about the first time we uh, I watched it. Uh, volume 2 was, I was watching it on Hulu. Because it had the free subscription. I mean, you could do the subscription and then you watch it with the, uh, the, um, the ads and it's like two minutes and 30 seconds per ad so i was like no i don't want to do that because i was you could go ad free yeah you can go ad free but i didn't want to do that either was, but uh so i just went and, and rented it out because the beginning of volume two i was it was like really slow and i was like because volume one is like it was like all right everything's about to pop off in volume two and then it starts off like super slow so that's why i was like I was like, I can't, I can't watch it with the, with the commercials. Cause now I'm like losing the story a little bit, especially if it's going to be slow like that. And then at the end, when it, when everything, um, came like full on, I was like, this movie is dope. Every, it's, don't, yeah. That the whole slow thing works. Slow burn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slow burn. Very slow burn. <laughs> yeah. So it worked. It worked out. I mean, the whole movie's slow compared to volume one, Yeah, but it, but you didn't it's, expect it, does, it. Yeah. But it also, it, it doesn't feel like it's boring anyway. It's just not that fast, fast pace. The volume one opens with somebody getting punched in the nose. Right. <laughs> this one opens with a black and white wedding rehearsal. Exactly. So it, it, put, it paces it to that right there. It's like, okay, we're going to, and which is cool. Cause the reason why I want to say this, like it is slow in the beginning, but it's necessary what is because it's the tie-in of everything it, it you know they want to you know tie in all loose ends with everything all the stories coming together and it has to, it, there has to be some background and for you to understand the ending of the story so it was needed yeah i think definitely as you when you go back and watch volume one mm -hmm. you're going to appreciate it even more because of all you know from volume two yeah i i see that because it's so it was so fast in the volume one like you wanted to grasp what was happening and then something else was happening like that that alert like oh shit something's happening again yeah so it's like that's why you couldn't really wrap your mind around it um but volume two it was a good pace like you you understood the build-up and it, it, every fight scene was significant to the the slow build-up yeah yeah um made it even better because you wanted you it was like that fight it scene is. made it the it made the fight scene the story of everything going into it or not even just the fight scene it's just like uh the crazy events that were happening in the in the in the film yeah and no, that's something i kept thinking about because usually when i watch the movies that i've been 
watching for so long, I mm. can kind of tune in and out and I'm not paying attention as much as I would when we're prepping to do a podcast. Right. And what I kept thinking the whole time was like, God damn, this movie's actually a really refined movie. Because when I think about it from mm. when I first watched it, because a lot of the cinematography was intentionally gritty. They use uh, some old school camera techniques, like some extreme crash zooms when they kind of zoom in on the face all super fast. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they had, you know, intentional some grit to it. But really, man, like just how it's done, everything, super refined. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I, this, this made me have way more respect for Quentin. <laughs> You you haven't seen enough of his movies yet. I haven't seen. Yeah, I mean, I just found out that uh, Dust Till Dawn wasn't his directed movie. He he wrote, he wrote that thing. So you know, um, just yeah, it's Django was probably the first one I watched. Quentin Tarantino, so good. Yeah, and it's it's, it's super different. Oh, every all right, every all right. single movie, every single movie is different. But all right, so Kill Bill Volume One and Two originally supposed to be one movie, right? But I always think of them separately because just like everything else. They're very different from one another. Mm. You, do you think you could watch Kill Bill Volume 2 and still be satisfied? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I was thinking that yesterday. I was like, if uh, you'll just I think, it, I was like... You'll just think something happened off screen. Exactly. But when it comes to Kill Bill Volume 1, you'll never. if it was just that, you'd never be satisfied yeah. because the story's not over. It's not over. I like it. Quentin Tino, I like you. You know, one thing I kept I kept noticing is like, Almost anyone else that would have tried to direct a movie like this would have done it so much differently as far as technique. But when I see it, it's like, it was really restrained. He did, there's so many action shots where the camera's locked down mm -hmm. on a tripod and it's letting everything going on in the scene, you know, do the talking. Right. And it's just, a lot of, the, there's no way like that the camera staying in one place in most modern movies <laughs> it's either going to be it's either going to be panning and moving around mm -hmm. while some stuff's going on or it's going to be handheld you know and do you know so this i just i appreciate it you know because yeah. we don't it was it would have been unneeded yeah it, it it's uh i mean you know more about quentin tarantino so you, you can see his uh you can you can kind of see what you're familiar with in, in, in his older movies and then what what's newer. Does this does this one change your perspective on like how great Quentin Tarantino was, or or just change your perspective in a different way? Well, I think it's I've appreciated him for so long, and I've been watching his movies so long. It's it's not a new respect thing, but every time I sit and I buckle down and watch it, as opposed to just kind of watching it, you know. Yeah, getting entertained, but never not getting into it as much. Every time I just sit and really pay attention, I just I'm always <laughs> reminded, like, oh yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, his cast on point. What? If you have a K. A. Fox, it and I, you didn't, I didn't even know Samuel L. Jackson was in this until snuck in, didn't he? Yeah, he snuck in. He gained a little weight too, because for the back it looked like he was bigger. Rufus, <laughs> he's the man. I could play anything. Yeah, nice little cameo. Yeah, that was cool. You, you you know the Samuel L. Jackson voice. So I was like, right when I heard, it, I was like, I knew it. Sam. Yeah, was that this is uh was his introduction to Quentin? No, um, third third time working with Pulp Fiction was one one of his too. Pulp Fiction, watch, so yeah. uh, Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Okay, that's the one you were talking about. Yeah, um, you like Jackie Brown. 
Oh yeah, that's uh, was was that was his first one with them, right? No, no, Pulp Fiction was. Pulp Fiction was. Jackie Brown was like two years later. I like it, but yeah, it was so many different characters that you you it worked. Finally, get to see Bill. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking man. <laughs> He's dope. David Carradine was a good choice, right? What the only thing that I had uh, that I knew about David Carradine was that he, the way he died. <laughs> Not I was a, like not a good not a intro. good way to die. Yeah. Like, oh freaky. Oh freaky. In case you're wondering, you could look it up. Uh autoerotic asphyxiation at a hotel on a shoot. That was not a great way to go out. Yeah. Well, that was my first introduction to him. I was like, who is that? And then I, I remember him being uh on Kill Bill because he was like, Oh, a famous dude dies. Well he's all right, so he's famous mainly. Dad? Um no, he did he did Kung Fu, the T V show, the original. The show Bruce Lee was supposed to get. And then they're like, oh, this guy's not going to have broad enough appeal. We're going to have to put a white guy in this role. Really? And they put him? Yeah. He's put, yeah, it's weird, right? Whoa. So the, uh, he was the bad guy in the original Death Race movie, Death Race 2000. Is Death Race? No, no, is it, sorry, not the bad guy. He was the good guy. Stallone was the bad guy. Was was that a, like a... It's from the 70s, it? like 70. Two-ish. What kind of movie was it? Um, schlock, futuristic sci-fi, where they're racing around. Uh, they get points for killing, running over people, and they, they battle. It's truck car battling. So is pretty fast. The fear is. So is, does he is, have martial arts skill training? That's why he got this role. Really? So originally, um, he wanted Warren Beatty for the part, but as he developed the script more and kind of set, you know pre-production and just kind of really kind of dialing everything in okay he realized he needs somebody with a little bit more martial arts skill and training you know as an older gentleman right he's like david carradine it's a kung fu movie mm -hmm. let's get the kung fu star dang yeah i didn't i didn't know he did any of that this one i probably the only time i've ever watched him on film He's he's done he hasn't done a ton like that you're gonna remember or I, I even remember yeah. in a long time he's played bad guy in a couple of movies in the '80s that I remember but you didn't see him for a long time that's why it's like this came out in 2004 and you're like oh shit David Carradine dude that script was built for him oh he's perfect too yeah. he's so good in it <laughs> he's so like Warren Beatty's a really good actor but I can't imagine anyone else being Bill no I I was like okay I see the Bill now he owned he owned the role and it's weird he's like. He's an old man. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, like you didn't think he'd be impressive, but he is, he's got a commanding presence. He, he and just does. the way he tells his stories, the way he dresses, it just seems so him. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, damn. That, that's why it's like, whoever he is, not the Bill, but the guy, fucking dope. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad that like he went out like that. Cause I mean, that's not the way anybody wants to go out. And he's a, he was, seemed like a yeah. really cool dude. So it's like a bummer. But I mean, he'll always have, I'll always remember from Kill Bill. He went out as with that. <laughs> He'll go out that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he went out as Bill. Yeah. Five point palm exploding heart technique is what killed David Carradine. That's, they should put that on his uh, his Wikipedia. They should put that on his tombstone. <laughs> That'd be dope. Yeah. So, all right. So now you see him live action. Yeah. You see what I'm saying though about the 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 anime scene from the first movie totally makes that's, sense you, that's you, him now isn't it it is it is him yeah they never went out and said it but it's him it is so at one point tarantino was talking about doing a 
It's a long time ago, like doing an anime origin story for Bill and the Bride that never came to be. Ooh, he's sleeping. He's sleeping because if he came out with you'd have now, to go, you'd have to go real young Bill because you can't like do him. an older Bill and not have David Carradine. Oh do it. yeah, yeah, right, right. But Uma could still do it. But we'll get we'll get into the potential working with Uma again later. Um, yeah. um, let's go. I uh I, ch- I swapped out the summary, even though the summary we used for volume one mm-hmm. would have still worked perfectly for volume two because it's the same thing. But uh, this one. <laughs> The bride continues her quest of vengeance against her former boss and lover, Bill. The reclusive bouncer, bouncer, (laughs) the reclusive bouncer, bud, and the treacherous one-eyed Ellie. That's from Anonymous and Brian McGinnis of IMDb. Good job. Bouncer. Whoever you are. (laughs) Whoever you are, Anonymous. Uh, I I think it's from the hackers. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, they are out there. So uh, usually we talk about the director at this point, but we we mm. talked plenty about Tarantino already, and then a ton. We talked about him for a while in the yeah, last one. He's good. So still got Uma Thurman as the bride, Michael Madsen as Bud, mm-hmm. Sidewinder, Bill's <laughs> brother. So have, yep. do you have you seen him in anything? Um, not that I can remember. Okay. Aside from Quentin Tarantino movies, you're not gonna remember a ton of stuff he was in. They thought he was gonna be like a much bigger star at at one point. Just those eyes. It's those eyes. He's a. Uh, he played one of the. He played a bad guy in, in, uh, Hateful Eight. Tarantino's uh, last western. Okay. He played Mister Blonde in Reservoir Dogs. He's okay. a psychopath. So, but kids would remember him from Free Willy. <laughs> and their their apparently their parents would remember. Them I've watched Free Willy. Off, yeah, their parents would remember him from cutting off a guy's ear. So. <laughs> Uh, he said it was a weird dynamic in the 90s when he was famous for both those movies. I watched Free Willy, but I, I totally drew a blank. The dad, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's it is the dad. dad or stepdad, but yeah. One, one. Daryl Hannah as Ellie Driver, again, but much more prominent in this movie. Yeah. Do you, have you seen anything with her over the years? No. She's in one of my favorite movies, Blade Runner. Oh, you were talking about yeah. Blade Runner. Yeah. No, yeah, I haven't watched it. She's in that. Uh, she was in Splash with uh, our man, uh, Tom Hanks. How old is that one? Early 80s, I think. Dang, she's been I think around. I 84. Is that her breakthrough? No, she's already in Blade Runner. Oh, yeah, Blade Runner's before. Yeah. But she didn't do much in the 90s that I can remember, but I remember seeing her again. I was like, I mean, she's older, mm-hmm. but I mean, consider I've been watching her in movies for 20 years at that point. Like, when she was, by the time she showed up in this, she's still looking, she was looking yeah, good how for her old, age. Uh, it was, what was she? Oh, what's, your, what's, your, what's your phone got? Just click on her. Yeah, because Uma Thurman, I think Uma Thurman and she her had looked like her... they were about the same age in this movie. No, Uma Thurman is probably at least 10, 15 years younger. Oh, she's 59 uh, now. So. so when this movie came out, um, 43. So 42 when they filmed? Yeah. I'd say Uma was probably early 30s. Early? What you got on Uma? Yeah, Uma is, uh, she's 50. So nine year age difference. Mm-hmm. Gordon Liu is Paime. <laughs> Paime is my favorite. <laughs> He's my, yeah, Paime is awesome. I wanted to grow a beard just so I could do the little flick. Do you recognize him? No. You've seen at least one movie with him. Um, 13 Assassins? No, Kill Bill Volume 1. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he was in there? Yeah, he played, uh, is it Johnny Moe, the, the head the head crazy 88 guy? You know, oh, the one that got hit head yeah. with the bamboo and then got knocked out and then he's coming at her yeah, last week, loses his legs. Yeah, when you said Johnny Moe, uh, that was him? Yeah. Man, my uh-huh. man got two whole debuts. Yeah, so he was in a ton of kung fu movies in the 80s. Most famously, 36th Chamber of Shaolin. Okay. That's a big one. 
Mm. Should be on Netflix. All right. I like when I watch someone for the first time, but they are known everywhere else. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, damn, this dude is good. I'm like, yeah, because you're just now watching greatness. Uh, that happens to me like a lot, when it, but more with m- music that's come out in the last 10, 10 15 years. I'm mm. like, oh, yeah, this is this person. Sorry, who is this? <laughs> People are like, what? Uh, the weekend? <laughs> yeah, like the weekend. Usually, when we write out dopest scenes, it's kind of broken down. But all I did is write down every section of this movie in order because all of them are are they're just like extended scenes that are just dope. I honestly just went from the ending back towards the beginning and dope scenes. I I'm like I I'm gonna this is so volume one easiest choice I've ever made was my favorite scene from that movie. Basically, this one incredibly hard yeah it is it was i was like when i was thinking of which one of the the ending there was just a lot of different scenes in just the ending alone that was like even that was a dope scene like the the whole karen the karen girl that was a dope scene <laughs> the assassin <laughs> i remember yeah oh yeah oh yeah, I know that that should be its own scene, but I just included it in face to face last chapter. Yeah. So we'll go we'll go through the chapters. Okay. Um chapter 6, The Massacre at Two Pines. Mhm. Rough. The ending of that scene, I'm going to just the ending was the weirdest part where they just had their moment and no one else realized it in out of the people and they just gave like two diff- two kisses to her dad. <laughs> yeah. like, okay you're it, not you're not her dad dude before watching you know what happens yeah but actually seeing it play out mm. and then how quickly you get a f- you you like basically everyone in that room and it gets from you not knowing really knowing any of them except the bride to, to liking dude. everyone in this church in a very short period he wrote that so well it's because you get a you get everybody you like everybody in that room and it makes it way rougher when they all die <laughs> when you know what's gonna happen yeah and and then it actually happens like fuck that passed because the pastor was when he like thank you to his (laughs) wife i was like ah this is sad thank you mother yeah (laughs) that was a great scene yeah so they're doing yeah what we find out is it wasn't a massacre at a wedding Wedding, it was a wedding rehearsal so they're doing the wedding rehearsal learning what everybody's supposed to do where people are supposed to sit what the music's going to be, Love Me Tender. Rufus, <laughs> he's the man. Yeah. So they're going to play Love Me Tender. And then uh, Uma's getting irritated, and she's just going to go get some air because she's she's very pregnant. Yes, she's very go. So and, her friends cover for it. And yeah. she, go, she goes out. As she's walking towards the door, though, she hears Bill playing, I don't know if it's a flute or flute a lute. Or, uh, I think it's a bamboo. Yeah. It has it's, holes in it. Yeah, it's it's a bamboo flute, but flute. I don't know, is that a lute? I don't know what they call it. It's giant. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know it. It's like no. half. It's 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 halfway to being a didgeridoo oh. in size. <laughs> it's a flute. Yeah. So he's being his large bamboo flute, mm-hmm. and she she hears it, Here's and she's it. like, "Oh fuck!" He found her. Yeah. So she slowly walks outside. Mm-hmm. What are you doing here, Bill? And he 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 came to his uh, his uh, his girl's wedding, and you know they have it. They have they have a. They have a good, the exchange is good, you know, they, they kind of, their, their, their exchange is like, um, so she's like very giddy and very innocent. And she like, looks like Bill, like in my eyes, this is how I'm looking at it. Like, he's like uh, everything to her, right? In, in volume one, 
with with the flashbacks uh not the flashbacks but i'm talking about volume two with the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going all over the place and it's all right but uh like the what their their conversations throughout the movie it's like she really very, still loves him yeah and and you can sense it in their in their uh, like their acting was so it felt real because even their them not talking and uh quentin would do this all the time is like even when the important conversation happening he'll he'll glance at uma or he'll put the camera on uma every now and then just to see her response to certain things mm-hmm. and her reactions are just like she's she killed this this character yeah no we, she embodied the oh she, no she the whole moment she she's so good in the first movie and the action's so much fun but she acted her ass off in this she movie she did this she is really her, did by far her greatest role and and her conversations with Bill because he's the main character. So every time they they have an interaction, Quentin like slows down the movie, slows the pace down, and then makes you under like want to know the conversation, even if it's just like mm-hmm, yeah, you know, they're they're just if they're but it's it makes you really because I I didn't miss a, a beat with with their conversations Mm-mm. at all because that's the m- main part is like her her revenge on Bill and yeah. how and the build up from their flashbacks yeah prior to you know having all her friends and her would-be husband murdered and then getting shot in the head by bill you know everything after that you know hatred basically yeah but everything prior to that all the flashbacks and you know everything going on a lot of love like she you could just tell she just loved but also feared him yeah like intently and it was a lot less a lot less love and a lot less fear after that so they talk well you know it seemed like seems like it's going to be he's he's there for the wedding yeah he says he'll try to be sweet try to be nice but then uh tommy would be husband comes out meets him very nice exchange calls him sir because she introduces him as her dad yeah introduces uh him as her as her dad and uh yeah, he finds out she's going to go to the wedding. So they, they get back to the rehearsal. He's sitting. And then next thing you know, in walk the deadly Viper assassination squad. Yeah. And kills everybody. You don't, you don't see it, though. No, you know. And you didn't. It's funny as if you didn't watch volume one, you wouldn't, you would, you wouldn't ever expect them to come after they had their exchange and, kill, and then she kissed Bill. You wouldn't, you wouldn't expect it. And you're like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You so. thought that it might go well. Chapter, that was pretty much chapter one. That was yeah. a good start. Well, chapter six. We oh, got the first five the first chapter time. Chapter six, yeah. Sure. And we got the the lonely grave of Paula Schultz. <laughs> and, that confused me. I was like, who the f- Now we got another person that she's going to meet. Nope. nope. Yeah, we're no longer, uh, we're back mid-revenge spree. And we uh, we see Bill's brother. I can't remember how this how this scene opens up because I was. I we, think it was him, uh, Bill talking to bud about um yeah she's coming she's she's coming and do you still have your hanzo sword because she has a hanzo sword yeah so they get into the and is this when we find out that bill and him are brothers is it this is it this oh, i mean yeah but you know because i didn't know bud was his brother until um he died bud died so when this conversation was happening. I'd seen Bill as he's like the the leader of of the Vipers. I would I just thought he was like a regular assassin. I didn't think of him as a brother. You that, know that that's the only dude. Yeah, he's ever been nice to in his entire exactly. life. Exactly. So I was like, ah, so it makes sense because I would have been like, why didn't Bill just kill him? Yeah, 
you know, get him out of the way because he's a nobody now. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, that's why. It's his brother. It's like, you got to get over being mad at me and start being afraid of her because mm. she is coming, going to try to kill you, and I have no doubt she will succeed. Why was he mad? All right, so he's in El Paso, Texas. Right. The massacre was in El Paso, Texas. So what we can gather is that was killing that wedding party. That was basically the last job he did with his brother. He's out of the uh, working for his brother to kill people. Yeah. Spirit, so that's kind of like his last straw. Yeah. I, you get that in his tone the whole he's time. He's an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. He's an alcoholic living in a trailer, shithole trailer in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> he's a bouncer and a janitor slash mm. janitor. Yeah. yeah. So. So after but, that exchange with Bill, we get to see his job. That, yeah, yeah. Then we get to see his job. And it's funny is like, he's a killer and he's getting he's getting punked oh. by this boss dude. Oh, yeah. And he's just taking it and he just takes it. So you kind of see he's like really down right now. He's like, yeah, I'm, he's I'm like, done. Yeah. He's he's very patient for somebody that could just kill that guy. But I think he just really needs that job. <laughs> I don't know. I think I would rather kill somebody. Yeah. If he'd killed as many people as Bud has, that guy's on the list. <laughs> I was like, come on, they should have did that one. Coke head, big ring wearing denim on denim on denim. Uh-huh. <laughs> ball. Yelling yeah. at him in front of a stripper. Ain't yeah. having it. Yeah. You want me to go? No, you don't need to go. Handles it right there. That guy was a prick. Yeah. But so, he needed him because he didn't fire him. No, he didn't fire him. I think he wanted him around to punk him, but I guess that scene really kind of... Sh- the, sh- the scene seen him in his job you're, you're supposed to see how far he's fallen yeah how low he is and it does a great job of setting that up mm-hmm. then it pushes it right back to the trailer he goes back home goes into his trailer but but before he does he stops and he looks to the hills yeah yeah like he knows she's up there and then he goes in that trailer and then i always forget that she's not up there because she's already waiting under the trailer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, he it's convinced, misleading. He, every time he convinces me she's up there wait, <laughs> waiting, it's his eyes. Yeah, <laughs> it's those damn eyes. But yeah, he's he he still got it though. Cause he's he, he's smart because uh, this is a regular just a regular night to him, and he's on his toes though. I feel. <sighs> I, th- I feel like he did feel her, out. like you know, he's got that, he's got the sense, he's got that killer instinct. I didn't like that he could, because I was like, she should have known better, or she could have, because she just popped right in, opened the door. Yeah, and then so she she un- she gets her sword out, like she's gonna attack him. She sees his toes under the door, mm-hmm. hears him moving around, and gets settled back into his chair, listening to his, uh, he's listening to some Johnny Cash, and. Uh, she kicks the door open like an idiot, and then she gets blasted with uh, rock salt. Yeah, rock salt. Two two uh, twelve gauge shot shells of rock salt. Mm-hmm. Straight took out her tatas, man. And he even it's said a lot it of salt like, in them tots. <laughs> he even he even said it like yeah. Um, probably didn't. <laughs> what did he say about the tots? <laughs> say um, something smart about it. He though. said yeah. He's how much that must hurt to get shot shot in the tits with uh with rock salt and then he's like i don't have any but i imagine if anything <laughs> some as nice as yours it hurts real bad <laughs> yeah yeah and he just has a a bunch of sleazeball friends the boss is a sleazeball and then the person that that guy it's like <laughs> short arm guy 
he's he's like he's like partial dwarf. <laughs> he's oh, part little person. It took me by surprise because he looked tall from the angle of the camera, but the 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 arm like really why why Quentin had to have his arm right there holding the cup and just top and sipping on it while he's t doing work is hilarious. All right, the way I see that guy is so tone wise and how it's set up is a lot different than volume one. The mm. way volume one's laid out is, uh, was you feel more of those Eastern influences throughout the whole movie. As far as the revenge flick, yeah. this one is more laid out like a, a Western, Western spaghetti Western, right? Mm. So he loves Sergio Leone's movies and so do I, but I love them because of him. Mm. I started watching them because Tarantino loved them. I was like, Oh, I might like these. So I did. And I fucking love them. Um, nope. but Sergio Leone's movies, he always got uh he got gets spanish gypsies to play the mexicans in those movies and i feel like that was that that guy that little guy's uh tarantino's version of, that's his spanish gypsy to be <laughs> to be in the movie uh, okay yeah he's, he's a little creeper wasn't he <laughs> he was but he was he made it he made a fun scene though for mm -hmm. uh as bad it was as it was so yeah the he injects the bride after he shoots her with roxal with the uh Something that knocks her out. Yeah. And when she comes to... He makes a phone call first, right? Oh, yeah. He calls He calls Ellie. He calls Ellie. Tells her that he has uh, the package. Uh, not the, like that? He, he sets up a deal. Yeah, sets up a deal. He, he, he lets her know that, it, that uh, he's taking her out and uh, that he's got a Hanzo sword for sale because he's known Ellie's always wanted her own Hanzo sword because Hanzo don't make swords. They're priceless. Yeah. And so he does, he, he off, she, what does he get? Uh, says, uh, give me a million or does she? Yeah, a million yeah. folding, folding cash. Mm -hmm. So she's got to bring a million cash the next day and she can get herself a Hanzo sword. And, and, and the only thing that she wanted from him was to torture her to, Make sure the torture. Make sure she dies in to, to in agony till her very last or something like that. Yeah. And he said, Don't worry, I'm taking care of that. That's all Pretty care. much guarantee yeah. it will be. And his he decides to put her in a in a box, in a coffin. Little... So yeah, she's in she comes to, she's in the bed of a truck and he drags her out of the bed of the truck and throws her on the ground. <laughs> and then she's getting, she's kind of seeing what's going on. And, uh, she's seeing that the grave's being dug. Mm -hmm. And then little, little man comes out the, the grave that he's been digging. I like, I think there's this little power of a uh, dominance that he does to keep her from moving. So she's struggling mm -hmm. and he's not having it. So he, he like pins her down and he, he puts a, uh, big old can of mace about a quarter inch from her eyeball so do you see it do you see it now what i was gonna do is i was gonna give you this basically and he busts out a flashlight because you're going in that box mm -hmm. now you're gonna keep acting like a horse's ass <laughs> i'm gonna spray this whole can into your eyeballs and you're still going in that box mm-hmm you can either go with That's a flashlight correct. or you're going to go in, you're going to be blind and burning. She just nods towards yeah, the flashlight. Which, which one do you want? And she nods with her head towards mm -hmm. the flashlight. Then they start nailing the, 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 uh, the top on. It's all dark too at this point. So you, you, you're just pretty much like in Uma's, uh, view. 
interview and then it's all dark and you, all you're doing is listening to what they're doing outside and so they throw her in the box and then they start chucking on all this dirt and then she gets into a flashback and this is the next chapter right and we are on chapter eight the cruel tutelage of Paime. <laughs> so Paime is a character he's like in a a bunch of kung fu movies like a, a recurring character that you'd see in a lot of stuff you know mm -hmm. yeah he's a bad guy a lot of the time is um when this chapter starts is it the one where the uh her and bill are doing the flute and he's talking he's telling the story of pai may over a fire yep yeah. it's her and bill camping out overnight mm -hmm. and that's this is his introduction of pai may to her mm -hmm. talking about mm -hmm. him she's gonna go train with him so this is her and bill hang you know spending the night together camping before getting him dropping her off and she he uh tells some stories about pai may and how he killed a monk so what he did to the monk is the uh he used the five point palm exploding heart technique yeah and what ha how you do that is in a certain way you use your fingers and your palm and you hit, hit the opponent or person and they take five steps and their heart explodes yeah you hit them in like pressure points mm -hmm. that can't be real <laughs> <laughs> he's like just don't don't give him sass or he'll rip your eye right out of your head mm-hmm they get there, and Bill goes to talk to Paime before she goes up to yeah. to let Paime know that he would like Paime to train her. And Bill comes back at, down, having looking like he got the shit beat out of him. <laughs> got a little black eye, almost yeah. a little bruise. What happened to you? Oh, just basically a friendly, friendly altercation with his former master. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, just looking at those stairs gives me gives me flashbacks or whatever he's like you're gonna yeah. you're gonna love going up those every day yeah he and this is her training mm -hmm. this is the start of it all she meets paime and he speaks straight japanese Ch oh wait uh, it was a uh, mandarin well it she introduced she started speaking mandarin to him yeah and he he uh he's commented on how shitty her mandarin is and asked her i mean if she if she could speak Cantonese, Cantonese yeah. yeah, and she couldn't speak good Cantonese. She said she could speak Japanese, and he didn't. He didn't want to hear Japanese. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's she can speak a lot though. Was she, was she, she's speaking Japanese. She Cantonese, can speak she, and a little bit of Spanish. Yeah, so she can speak. She's she learned all right. So by later she would she learned Chinese by living with Paime. Yeah, um, learned Cantonese, but Japanese she was already fluent in, mm -hmm. and I'm sure picked up spanish at some point yeah but yeah, yeah so her she, first her intro to paime he uh he he made sure that she knew that he was in charge she was nothing yeah she knew nothing and it was if she wanted to learn from him she had to know that she knows nothing start from scratch everything you everything you learned before this doesn't mean shit here yeah, i'm the master sweet. and you're nothing mm. and she understood that yeah that was, that was uh, her training was uh, pretty much her trying to master the one-inch punch. Mm -hmm. Well, and she definitely learned some some different techniques. It looked like cobra style. Yeah, cobra style. It looked yeah. like she was doing uh, cobra style, and then uh, isn't it weird that we could just pick up on cobra style? <laughs> like that? Yeah, that was cobra style. <laughs> We've seen too many cobra. movies. <laughs> We've seen too many movies. It was crane in there somewhere. Yeah, so it looked like she was doing some cobra tiger. style, and uh, actually, I really like the. 
the co- the backlit cobra style scenes where you're just looking at her silhouette do the kung fu. That's that's a cl- yeah. that's a classic kung fu movie take. But the, the, <laughs> when they kept cutting back, she was like, "Oh man, she did so good." Yeah. But and then she uh, was bloodying herself up doing that one inch punch. Mm-hmm. And she, you you don't see her doing uh, uh fully mastering it during her training. So it definitely seems like they cut the training sequence short. Mm-hmm. Like there was, there's definitely a lot of training that happened after that. Yeah, but it gets it. He does start. You could tell that he starts actually respecting the the uh, her the, her growth. Yeah, yeah. You could see him smiling in the background when she's when she's uh when she's punching the wood and being more aggressive about yeah. it. Yeah, and then the, when he uh she couldn't eat her rice because her hand was so beat up, so she start using her hands using to- her hands instead of the chopsticks. And then he immediately slaps it up and says, if you want to eat like a dog. It, you go eat off the floor like a dog. Floor, yeah, off the floor like a dog. So. And then he gives her the, uh, if you want to eat like a human, pick up those sticks. And he gives her his bowl, his bowl of rice and she does it. And basically that was the that was it. That was the end of the uh, training the training scenes with Pai Mei. It's like, and then you find out that their relationship grew a bit later, but we'll get to that in the, the next part. But I, I'm like back and forth. Are the scenes with Paimé my favorite, or is I really like the the uh, black and white wedding though? Like just the way that they did that whole mm. scene, I really like that. Yeah, and then I yeah. So we'll keep going. Um, chapter nine, mm. Ellie and I. <laughs> That's we're right here. So it cuts from her getting trained by Paimé and the one in the one inch punch, trying to punch through uh, very thick boards, to her being stuck in the uh the coffin still mm-hmm. so she Ugh, i hate this scene i know she but she kicks off her her boot boots her legs were uh she's wearing cowboy boots she got like a belt around her ankles but mm-hmm. so she she squirms those off and kind of drags the boot up to her she pulls a razor a, a shaving yep. razor old school kind that a barber would use straight razor that's what that's yeah. called um, out of her boot and proceeds to go to town on those ropes. Yeah. What not? What what you might not know? Bit of trivia: that razor blade, the straight razor, supposed to be the same straight razor used in uh, Reservoir Dogs that Michael Madsen, the guy that plays Bud, mm-hmm. his character used to cut off a cop's ear. Interesting. Supposed to be the same razor. They're, they have a little, a little of the uh, a lot of those little hidden gems. Not a lot, but though I. I caught one by accident. We'll get into it later on. Okay. But uh, yeah, that, they have Quinn did that a couple of times in this movie, didn't he? He he does he, a lot. He references a lot of stuff, yeah. which is dope. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when he references his own stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like this part. I was very claustrophobic. I'm, I'm a very claustrophobic yeah, dude. No, being, I, yeah. Yeah. Right, so there's <laughs> my my dad would read us The Hobbit when we were a kid. <laughs> so there's like a point where. I'm pretty sure this this was the Hobbit. Like, uh, uh, Bilbo's got is like crawling through a like a tunnel kind of, and it just keeps getting tighter and tighter and tighter, mm-hmm. and just like to like where you could barely move. And when you're like getting jammed up going forward, it's like you can't go backwards when you're like can't move, you know? Yeah. So it's just like just that used to like the basic kid nightmares thinking about getting stuck. Ugh. Yeah, that's stuck I in a like tight that. spot that you can't move where it's dark. That's a that's a big fear of mine. Yeah, I don't like it. Ugh. Like it, yeah, at all. but it, it this was a uh, it almost seemed like she she was actually doing it like she had to learn how to do all this, maneuver all this 
in the box, uh, like right in front of us. <laughs> like she, she's, we're all learning how to do it. It was a first for it was a first for everyone involved. Mm, yeah, I was like, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn the one inch punch, just in case a scenario like this happens. Because I'm claustrophobic, I'm like, no, just do what I do. Practice on Nash. <laughs> so once she gets her hands free by cutting them free with the straight razor, she goes to the one inch punch, and she starts one inch punching all up in that casket until she busts through, and then tunnels her way up like a. Some kind of, gopher. some kind of, like yeah, like a, like a beaver, or, yeah, gopher, <laughs> not a beaver, yeah. So she tunnels her way up, but when she's when it when it's cuts to the guy in the diner, and then he looks out the window and there's this walking dust cloud, yeah, li- wa- rambling from a cemetery <laughs> to the diner. <laughs> she asks for water. water. I'm just cracking up. Yeah, I, I would have thought it was a uh, zombie too. Mm-hmm. Uh, nah. No shoes, no service. <laughs> yeah, barefooted. And she's walking through the desert. Barefooted. I don't believe it. <laughs> you. That's like, what did they put on the bottom of that of of her feet? Because you looked at the ground. Mm-hmm. That was not like nah. soft desert. That was <laughs> that was jagged rock <laughs> desert. Or if not, that that sand was definitely gonna exfoliate no, the heck out of your feet. No, I saw the uh, I saw the closer area. That was jaggedy rock desert. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, so she's walking in the desert back to uh, old, old Bud's. Bud's place. And by the time she makes it there, guess who's pulling up? How does she have the energy to do a 6K walk? And you, then. You know what I kept thinking that whole time? I was like, I hope she had more than one glass of water. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, we'll walk to a desert off of one glass of water straight into a fight. Oh. Is she trying to die? Is she trying to get revenge or is she trying to commit suicide? No, I think she got like 15 minutes. I think she, that was enough rest for her. Time yeah. A trained her well. Mm. And she's catching him off guard too. So, Because she sees Ellie driving up, meeting up with Bud with the suitcase of money going into the to the um, trailer. Mm-hmm. And oh, Man, so many cool cars in this movie. She comes in a in a, like a seventy seven Trans Am. Mm, yeah, I saw that. Just looking badass. Earlier, I'm pretty sure Bill. I think it was driving a he was driving a Lotus. Was he? I think so. Was it the one like that a, she, like a seventy Lotus? Yeah, yeah. When he oh. when he when he met when he when he drove up to Bud's. Mm-hmm. I know the car that uh, Beatrix was driving. Oh, Carmen <laughs> Gia. Yeah, I was one of the one of those when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, those are That is a girl's car. Yeah, that is. You want to go over? Uh, Ellie and Bud, <laughs> and their conversation. Oh yeah, well, shoot, it was it was. Well, he starts making her drink. Yeah, he's making really <laughs> sloppy margaritas, <laughs> just splashing it everywhere. But he don't really care. He's about to buy a new house or something. I don't know. And he's making her sloppy margaritas, and she's question. He, she's questioning um, how he did it, mm-hmm. and where she's at, and then uh, mm-hmm. he's asking her how it feels to know his. Her enemy is gone. Does yeah. she feel regret or relief? And she said regret. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to opening up the suitcase and starts looking at the money, starts laughing. And then uh, in the money, he feels some bills back. Yeah. <laughs> and he sees there was a 
Cobra, uh, that Black, Black Mamba. Mamba. Yeah, got the Black Mamba. Get bit in the face like three, three times. Three times. Oh, God. And then she goes into, which is, this is dope. The Her her little flip notebook, notes yeah. and notes on uh, how uh, how deadly a Black Mamba is. Yeah. She's like, she's like <laughs> just the way she did it. <laughs> now, pay attention to this next part. <laughs> because... Because like, this affects you, and meanwhile he's on the ground, seizing out, basically dying. That's torture. That's the torture that. Well, and the reason why she killed him is because she despised the fact that the Beatrix, which she awed, she like wanted to be like, right? She hated her. Because she was jealous and wanted a beer, mm-hmm. basically. Exactly. But she's not, she's no Beatrice. No. And, I mean, she killed him because she's a piece of shit. And she had somebody that she could blame it on. Mm-hmm. And he blamed it on her. Yeah. Killed her with the Black Mamba, which was Beatrix Kiddos. Oh, we didn't let you know. We found out her name. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Dang. We didn't find out her name yet. We found out her name oh. from Ellie. Yeah. This scene. Okay. Or, was it Bill? Anywho. I think we find out, yeah, we find out her name. So it's Beatrix Kiddo. Mm-hmm. So when every time Kill, Bill calls her Kiddo, and it seemed creepy before, like he was talking, like his girlfriend, he called his girlfriend Kiddo. Yeah. It's really because that's her last name. Thank you for saying that, because, yeah, it was. It so seems creepy, kiddo. right? Hmm. It's a weird relationship <laughs> with an old man. <laughs> so he's dying. She, She's horrible. Uh, she's collecting the money that fell on the ground because he, he had a fit and threw the table after uh, he got bit three times. I mean, and he, she calls Bill like right after he dies and is just like, I'm so sorry. He's dead. And she's picking up the money and zipping up the suitcase. I can come. I can be there anytime. You know, you need anything from me. I'll do it. She's such yeah. a piece of shit. Yeah. And as soon as she opens the door. Doubles, doubles. I don't know what do you call that. Like double kick when she's sideways. <laughs> I was like, she had to have the perfect timing to have her both feet in the air immediately while the door is opening. She, in my mind, she swung down from the roof. Kind of. I don't know how she got sideways, but to get that kind of leverage sideways, she had to like swing from the roof or something. <laughs> we're gonna go with the, the. Yeah, we're gonna go with the. Because it looked like she, her whole body was just tossed in feet first. So what happens next? Um, I read this a long time ago, but apparently um, all Quentin Tarantino wrote for the fights, this fight scene between her and Ellie is he wrote Ellie and the bride fight like two cats in a bag. In this trailer, yeah, yeah two back, ba- two cats in a sack or something like that. Like, like they're just going at it in this tight little space. I, everything was flying, breaking. I think I saw a tile that looked like paper <laughs> coming up. <laughs> yeah. I was like this thing is gone. Yeah, throwing throwing each other through walls, trying to drown her in the toilet. Oh my gosh, do a bud chew spit chew in her spit face, right in her face. And she's like gross. gross, and then on top of that, washes it off. With his toilet water. Mm-hmm. So they're yeah. fighting, and then she runs against uh, her the her. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> um, Ellie runs and gets Beatrix's uh, Hanzo, Hanzo sword, sword, which she paid for. That she kept trying. She kept trying to open, open up in the tight space, but they, there just wasn't enough space to get it get it out with while they were fighting. Yeah. She kept hitting stuff, or she kept pushing it in. So she runs for it, and then 
the bride, after taking a kind of a hit through a wall, is like, ah, oh, and she just notices there's a Hanzo sword sticking out of a golf bag mm-hmm. who we thought that he had, he had told Bill that he had pawned it. For 250 bucks. Yeah. You don't, you hawked a Hanzo sword? It's priceless. <laughs> and it's 200, no, it's not priceless. It's worth $250. <laughs> and uh, so she opens it and it's a, to the only man I ever loved, your brother, brother Bill. Bill. So they're about, they're about to, they're at the two ends of a narrow trailer hallway and, uh, swords drawn. Yeah. And she tell she, she proceeds cause she thinks it's going to win her the fight. If she gets inside her head, she goes to tell her that. Yeah. She killed Pyme. This bitch. Poisoned his fish heads. And, uh, yeah, she thinks she's gonna like. Ah, yeah, that's right. I killed your master. Like she did it like old corny kung fu movie. It was perfect. Yeah. And uh, ooh, good pickup. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. was like, and so it's like, I can't remember the the, oh, the dialogue was so their shit talk was so good, but it ended with, "Bitch, you're not even gonna live till tomorrow." Yeah. Um, she said it was, it's gonna be mine. Uh, the Hanzo sword was gonna be mine. Yeah. Tomorrow or yeah. the future. Yeah, that was a that that was a dope ass uh, little dialogue. Yeah, so they 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 draw swords and there's a couple quick exchanges, but <laughs> they the bride clash. and well, what we find out it, during their brief brief talk before this is that the reason Ellie is missing is missing an eye yeah. is because Pyme took it because she back talked because she called him an old <laughs> fool, so he snatched her eye. Pyme is a G. Yeah, and then it flashes. After that, it flashes back to them uh, crossing swords. <laughs> then she snatches her other eye. eye. Oh my god! Her reaction though, like it still shocks me to this day. Her threat though. This is so G. She's thrashing around that bathroom, just trying to swinging at anything, breaking glass, yeah. just trying to lash out and attack Beatrice, who's standing outside the bathroom. She's just freaking out. <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> it's just, she's in, crazy. This, this is perfect. I, I wish, like, everyone that you wanted to die dies some, somewhere around this. Oh, wait, she didn't die, but, you know, goes out something oh. like this. Be, gets very embarrassed. She's, she's blind and thrashing about, and there's still a black mamba in that trailer. <laughs> she died. She died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's not going nowhere. The 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 final part of this scene They're in the is, middle of nowhere. Even if she could did make it out of the trailer without getting killed by that black mamba, she got like she, at least six k worth of walking the two before she gets to a restaurant. She ain't making it. Yeah, that black mamba got her. Here's what I don't get though. B just left the money. Yeah, what? I thought the same thing, but then I was like, wait, how did she get that car? Well, I, all right, I was assuming that she was a world class assassin. She had money hidden money, about yeah. and or she knew and she knew how to get it if she needed it but still <laughs> i guess you know she didn't know exactly what was going to happen next but i was like i mean you need some walking around money just in case i would i would have picked up the million dollars the idea is us being you like come on now you don't leave a million dollars on the floor yeah but she uh she drops ellie's eyeball and steps on oh, her God. bare foot every time oh, every oh time that makes gosh. me cringe it looks so real. Oh, God. It's like, what's coming out of that little fake eyeball? I mean, I've never seen something like that happen, but I'm, I assume that's how it looks. Oh, every time. Honestly. All right. So. As it. Lead, all right. Leading up to that part, when I, my, it's like I could feel it coming. <laughs> I paused the movie for a little bit last night, checked the email and everything. I was like, I gotta, I gotta mentally prepare for this. 
I, I paused it before that part and before they could finish it. And then I, I click, I was like, and then I see it. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, that was that was sick, but it was dope. Barefoot and all. Oh, it's just in between the toes. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> oh, you, I don't know if you picked up on this yet, but Quentin Tarantino's got a, fit, a foot fetish, obviously. You see Uma Thurman's feet. And toes oh, yeah. so many times in these two movies. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I looked at her. Her toes wasn't don't look too good. They're not your regular. What she got like a, a long middle toe. I I, I don't know. I, I can't talk shit. I got a long. I got a long. I got a. I got, I got two long middle toes. Yeah, but her feet are weird looking. But every single Quentin Tarantino movie, basically, you're gonna. <laughs> I don't except for maybe. Maybe the last you you're probably gonna see some feet, <laughs> but uh, yikes! Yeah, that was a that was the end of Ellie and Bud. Mm-hmm. So, so that's all the vipers, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All that's left is Bill. All that's left, Bill. So we cut to uh, her monologuing, driving through uh, Mexico in the be- from the beginning. Yeah, we're we're back. We're oh yeah, it opens it. with her monologuing. Yeah. It opens with her monologuing, saying what's going on, kind of like a little preface to the whole movie yeah. of where she's at, and then it cuts back to that to where she was so driving her caught. Carmen Ghia, yeah, driving her Carmen Ghia, and she pulls up to a uh, a bar slash brothel. brothel, Esteban. Esteban. So, little known fact, apparently, that was an actual bar slash brothel in Mexico. <laughs> What? Mm-hmm. I think look the uh, was a real Barthel. I didn't. I mean, I gotta watch it again, but I didn't really pay attention to it. But it looked like uh like a someone's backyard. <laughs> like it was a it's nice r- rural Mexico. Mm-hmm. It was a nice little like Mexican setting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got the every all the girls walk, are walking around him, and he's like the only dude reading a book. And uh, Esteban. He, Esteban's cool, right? He's he's the man. He's the slick tongue. Okay, so that was actually supposed to be Ricardo Monteblan. But uh, Ricardo Monteblan... Um, you refresh me on him. All right. He's cool. He's going <laughs> to be in, he's gonna be in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, which is one of my favorite movies. We're going to watch that. Okay. But he's Khan. And he originally played Khan, I think it was the second season or the first season of... Star Trek, the original series, which was, a, he played a bad guy, mm. but also he's awesome as Khan, but he was, he's also done a ton of TV. You ever watch Kim Possible? Oh uh, yeah. Who did it? <laughs> right? You better, you better have watched Kim Possible. All right. So, uh, <laughs> senior, senior, senior. Yeah. Ricardo Montalban. Ah, um, yeah, fa- he is cool. Yeah, he is cool. Well, Fantasy Island yeah, yeah. TV show from the seventies. Mm. Um, he had knickknack, the, uh, little person from, um, not live and let die. The man with the golden gun. The, the, the little, the little guy. It. Never seen it. Okay. You never saw Fantasy Island? Mm-mm. Okay. It was a 70s TV show. It was actually pretty cool. But Ricardo Montalban, he's got, he's got charisma in spades. That would have been a great role for him. But he couldn't make the reading. And he had uh, the guy that ended up playing Esteban stand in. Mm. He did it. Mm-hmm. And I like the way uh, it starts off because he's obviously it's in Mexico, so she wants to speak Spanish to him. And then this is when he's like, uh, "When I want when it when he's speaking, I mean, I'm just I don't know exactly verbatim, but he's like, I like to speak English when I have the opportunity to present mm-hmm. itself. 
and then uh, they get into the, uh, the, his history with Bill. Yeah, nice little backstory. Yeah, and he you, f- you find out Bill was basically raised by a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. At five years old, he took him to a movie. And the, every time this uh, actress came on stage, he starts sucking his thumb, and he said, "Dad, don't I knew he was a sucker for blondes." <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Judd. I mean, uh, Bud said something about blondes. He's like, he just she just was very smart for a blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This whole blonde thing. Yeah, she was, I was told she thing. was too. She was too smart for a blonde. <laughs> yeah. he, he said that in front of Ellie, who's also a blonde. A blonde, yeah. No one respects her. No, every, Ellie sucks. <laughs> the only Ellie that sucks, by the way. Uh, but yeah, she. Uh, he, so he, he he's he raised Bill, and then uh, they go into a. He's talking about. She's trying to find out where he is, mm-hmm. and. But he keeps wanting to draw the conversation, talk a bit longer. Yeah. And he's like, I wouldn't have, he told me what he did, and I, I wouldn't have done that. If it were me, I would have just cut your face. <laughs> and then he calls over, he calls over one of his his prostitutes and uh, her face, yep. Yeah. Nice, nice cut across the lips. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then he's like telling her, he compliments her by saying, you would have been my number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she doesn't know how to take that, so I think he's thank thank you. <laughs> and uh so he does he eventually tells her where Bill is and and he asks, You know why I'm helping you? No. Why? Because he would want me to. <laughs> good. That was a that was a good yeah, it was a good backstory for it. Mm-hmm. Then it goes right into her going straight to Bill, right? Mm-hmm. And then this uh this place she drives it's not a hotel, is it? It is. It's like a. It's like a. It's, it's a very fancy, private resort type yeah. situation. Not like a big touristy spot. Okay, because I thought it was a. Yeah. It, so it is because it was a hotel in the outside. Yeah, he had a massive. But suite. that thing was huge inside. So yeah, I thought massive that was suite. like a villa or something. I was like, oh, okay, it's a mansion. Okay. So, her driving though. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was her driving in or her leaving, but you know we'll, we'll talk about it after. Mm-hmm. But. So she's she show, pulls up to the door and pulls out her gun, opens the door like she and getting ready to battle out with uh with Bill. It was like the whole Bud scenario again. Mm-hmm. She's just gonna bust open and guns blazing. She's not learning anymore. <laughs> but what we see though is Bill and a and a small a young girl about about the age of four. Seven. I think this one was younger than the last one. But she was so much better. Yeah, no, I'm just like the the other girl. The other girl that they said was four is like that girl's at least seven. <laughs> I think this one's probably like four or five. Yeah, right, okay, yeah. But she is no, she her acting. Uh, I couldn't even act. No, I, I want to act like her. <laughs> She's good. The little girl was the, the little girl was real cute and funny. I was like, uh... so this is the moment where we find out that she, her daughter's still alive. Mm-hmm. She didn't lose the baby. She had the baby, and Bill took her and raised her on Dude, his own. Yeah, which is crazy because right when uh, she breaks open the door, she the daughter shoot, shoots her bang bang, mommy, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Which was like what? So she knows who mommy is, and then when she heard mommy, you know, she would this part where she's like trying to hold it together while they're all like trying to play the game. It gets you, doesn't it? It does. I was like, damn. 
Uma, you were the, she was a beast in that. She's yeah. so good in this movie. You're like, oh, the career that she should have had after this. Yeah. We'll get into it, though. They, uh, yeah, she know she finds out she has a daughter. Mm-hmm. And then they have, they're playing, she plays dead. Daughter comes like, mommy, it's okay. It's just pretend to get her up. And then they're talking as a, kind of like a family. Yeah. She's getting to know her. She's meeting her daughter for the first time. So crazy, yo. And, and how she's, the whole time you're like, kind of want to watch Beatrix the whole time in her yeah. reactions. And but because they're all just being normal, like it's like a, another night. And honestly, you know she needs a revenge. But if the movie would have ended like that, you know, like it would almost you'd be it almost be acceptable yeah. because she's just like so happy in that moment with mm. her daughter, you know. And and Bill's not being like the psychopath that he was, you know. Yeah. Even though he's not a good person, he's still you want psycho. Yeah. You wanted like, oh, a little. Could bit. they have a family? Yeah. Could this end this way? Yeah. Could she be like been... you know what? Because you've been you raised her for like five six years on your own, four yeah four yeah, that's right four years. <laughs> they should have they should have said it was five years. It's just that's such a short timetable. So Bill is really open with their daughter when it comes to conversating about like life stuff, which is some of the thing like she that's like one of the reasons why she wouldn't want Bill raising a child exactly because uh, uh casually talking about death, right. And it was uh, was a fish, her goldfish. She was playing with her f- goldfish, and she killed it. She took it out, threw it on the ground, stepped on it. Mm-hmm. And it was the wiggling of the fish to it, not wiggling, that Bill said was when she learned of life and death because she's the reason why I stopped wiggling. Mm-hmm. And that was when you knew, yeah, Bill, you shouldn't be raising kids. <laughs> and then he said he said that he did that to mommy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, he don't hold back at all with the, with anything uh, no. when it comes to this kid's ears. No, that kid's not growing up normal. No, I mean now it does. Now it, she has a chance. She has a chance. But then uh, he, Bill would have always protected her, but she would have turned into a little psychopath. Yeah, and then you're paying attention to Bill because he's the one that controls this because he knows why she's obviously there. So he has control over this whole situation, and he's using the time with the daughter. And the mom to help prolong the the scene, and they go up to a room. And they're still talking, and like, yeah, "Mommy, can we watch a video?" Can we? And he's like, "No, there's um, what do you want to watch? Shogun Show? No, you can't watch Shogun Assassin. It's too long." It's like, "No, it's not." She wants to watch Shogun Assassin with yeah. her daughter. Shogun Assassin's on our list, by the way. We almost we almost watched it before. We almost watched Shogun Assassin before Thirteen Assassins. I was like, you want to watch the newer one that's crazy? And we watched Thirteen Assassins. We almost watched Shogun Assassin. If we would have watched Shogun Assassin, this would this scene would have been my, probably even more of a greater scene because I would have known why she wanted to watch Shogun Assassin because I didn't know what, it, what kind of movie it is. Well, I'll tell you that it's a movie a four-year-old should not be watching. <laughs> It's so violent. Okay. I talked about it before, but they had cut two movies into one movie, like from this series, Lone Wolf and Cub. Mm -hmm. They cut two into one to make an entirely different movie and change the story with the, they they dubbed it instead of it being subtitled in the original Japanese language, they they dubbed it in English. And I don't know. It's like one of my favorite dubs of all time. It's just perfect. Is it? Yeah. It's just like, because it's like corny, but just enough not. And it's just weird. It's just so, it's, it's the perfect old school samurai b movie 
but it had a pretty good budget. But you know, it's like when they're bringing a lot of movies over back in the day, they're just bringing over everything. But it's okay. a it's a good. We're gonna watch it. All right. Yeah, okay. I'm Super gonna... violent though. Dope. Shh, do not show this to 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 your, to your four year old. I don't. You know, don't show this to your twelve year old. <laughs> this is that's a that's a it's a way till upper teens type of movie. I think. Like, All right. I grew up on violent movies, too violent. And I was like, how old were you when you watched Shogun? Oh no, I didn't see it till an adult. I was an adult. Oh okay. But like when I was four years old, my favorite movie was Rambo Four, so, or Rambo <laughs> Two. Sorry, yeah, Rambo Two. So I was like, damn, not not the way you do it. Is it is it not far off from Shogun? Eesh. Way more blood in Shogun. <laughs> All right. Way more violent. But yeah, so even me is like, woof, that's mm. too violent for them kiddos. Yeah. So they, she, they finished the, she's knocked out during the Shogun. So the, they gave me anxiety when like, I'm like, no, don't leave her. Yeah. She's, she, she's like, she's, she's kind of, she's like getting out from her arm out from her. She's like, she's putting her to bed, you know, tucking her in. Mm. And you're like, no, don't leave her. <laughs> like, it's like, you don't like just live in that moment. Yeah. You've been waiting for this, but she knows what, that she needs to, she, she knows what she needs to do. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's better than us. Right. <laughs> she got up knowing that she needed to face death and take care of it then. Hanzo, she was on a mission. Hanzo told her though the there was like two things that should stop should stop you from killing. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't lose your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So she was, yeah, she had to do it. She goes and meets Bill. This part, my favorite part. So dopey scene. Nice. It's a good choice. Okay. When he, so she, she acts like she's gonna. Go for this. Go for the sword, and then he starts firing. <laughs> when he shot, when he shot at her, I had to stop, go back to volume one to see if the anime had that same gun. It wasn't the same gun. It's, I think it's this. Is it the? Uh, oh no, he has because he a had a revolver. Pistol. He got a little pistola thing. Yeah, he had a revolver. Uh, in the anime, the uh, Bill, it was just a regular like nine. So I was like, ah, dang. I think it was a, uh, I think it was like a 1911 or something. Yeah, I wanted to close that. Just get it, but yeah. So he starts shooting at her, and then goes just into, calm her down. Yeah, lets her know if he because shot her in the knee. He, yeah, put one in the knee, and that, that's where I he hears that more. very. Yeah, it hurts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, we need to have a conversation, get some stuff air, but go into it as eloquently as he does. But some very solid dialogue where he explains that. He doesn't believe she's capable of telling the truth to him, and he's incapable of believing she's telling the truth, so he has a solution. Yeah, shoots... uh, Shoots with truth serum in a dart. And she gets all bloodshot. Eyes are bloodshot, like pink. And is is it from her holding her emotions? Because he was talking to her about uh, this analogy of being a hero. Quentin Tarantino's a big fan of comic books. He's talking about Superman. Yeah, But the gist is... Superman's different than other superheroes when it comes to comics because the superheroes put on a costume to become a, a hero. Mm-hmm. But Superman's different. Superman is Superman. When he's pretending to be a human, that's his costume. That's his costume. So he compared Beatrice working at a used record store in El Paso, Texas to Superman putting on his weak human costume. Mm-hmm. Because That's not really her and she could never really be happy pretending to be... She's a wolf. She can't pretend to be a sheep right because she's like you're a killer you're a born killer you always be a killer 
Mm-hmm. So it's all like, this... do you really think you'd be happy mm-hmm. doing that? No, but he, but she would have had her daughter. Yeah. Oh, it's also uh, during this uh, their their dialogue when they're talking. It's him trying to show her, like trying to let her know, like, or when he was questioning her uh, about her reason for leaving and in the whole history behind her, why she went to Texas, why she le- left. We Karen. Let's Karen. get into Karen. Oh well, I was just gonna talk about the. Uh, was it? Yeah, you're talking about Karen, but I was talking about um, because he was trying to like try to change her mind a little bit by asking those questions a little bit, like trying to like, hey, can you level me? Do you see why I would do that? I'm a killer, and you pissed the killer off. So why wouldn't I kill you? He's like, yeah, didn't didn't that's you think what I, I do? Ca-? He's like, did you really think that that couldn't happen? And she's like, she knew he was capable, but she with how much she loved him mm-hmm. and she knew that he loved her. He didn't think he could ever do anything like that yeah. to her. Like she, she never thought he could do that, but he's like, well, you were wrong. Yeah. But I can, I can sense, I can sense where he's coming from with it and how the whole thing led up to her. She just straight up left. He didn't know anything. He was mourning for her for three months on the third month. He went, he wanted to get revenge on the person. Uh, and he ended up finding her, finding her. Yeah. So yeah, there is there is that understanding like, yo, you just upped and left. No, but, you know, it is Bill. So, I mean, how else are you going to leave? <laughs> he wasn't going to let you leave. So. so, yeah, we have a nice little, she asked where, where she went and why. Mm-hmm. It's because on the last mission that he sent her on to kill somebody, somebody had spotted her when she got to Los Angeles and sent their own assassin. But she had j- been feeling sick and threw up on the plane. So she got a pregnancy test. Yeah. And she finds out she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And the only reason she lived is because when the assassin came to the door, she dropped the pregnancy test and ducked down to pick it up. And then the shotgun blast went through the door. Yeah. Missing her. And then she backs up to the, the bed mm-hmm. and she's at, at the bedside. And then they, they exchange uh, words. And this is, this is a dope scene. Oh, it's excellent. When that, that, that one actually, that's so far. Like I just can't choose. But like when this is like, a dope. Yeah. Are you are you uh, you pretty good with that shotgun? Not that I need to be at this range, but I'm a fucking surgeon with this shotgun. Right. And there's just that was intense. Like there's just pretty much gun stare down, and just talking. And she tries to. She explains to her just now, not one moment before you came to the door. I found out I was pregnant and she's like, what the, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Like she wasn't expe- like she's sent after one of the most dangerous people on the planet who she was sent after the most dangerous person on the planet, on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. She's a badass. Yeah. And this woman's look like she's on the verge of tears trying to explain that she's pregnant. So that's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, <laughs> she's like, and she's yeah. like, oh, well, you fuck me. It's like, no, it's, it's right there. And the pregnancy test right there. She's like, so she's like, this is hilarious. Please just look. So she's like, She's like on the, she takes a knee and she's trying to feel around for this pregnancy test mm-hmm. and can't find it. And then she like straightens the shotgun on her to make sure she doesn't get shot. Right. And then, um, it's funny cause she's like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> the box is right there. <laughs> and now she has to like look for the box too. She's trying to read the box and then she's like, it blue means pregnant. She's like, I'll read it myself. <laughs> like, I'm not going to take your word for it. Yeah. And she realized she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, after a moment of contemplation, she decides to, they're going to let bygones be bygones. Like, woman to woman. Yeah. She's like, 
She says, she backs out the door, says congratulations, and then leaves. This gives me goosebumps. This part is dope because it shows how, how important kid is. Changes a person's fucking life. Yeah, and she said at that moment, like... And both of them, stone cold killers. Yeah. She's like no longer the most dangerous one on the planet. She was a mother that scared for her baby. Understood that. They mm-hmm. both understood that. That was crazy. So yeah, that was a dope scene. Super dope. Yeah, that one actually ranks real high for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, it's up there. So she's saying she couldn't raise her baby in that lifestyle because she knew that Bill would just take her and corrupt her, basically. Yeah. And she's like, it wasn't Makes your sense. choice. I'm like, honestly, like, you know, but mm-hmm. Bill's like, Bill gets to it. it wasn't your choice to make. She's like, but I made it anyway because she did the right thing for her baby. Mm-hmm. And so they discuss term how they're going to do it. He's like, you know, we could go, we could go take our Hanzo swords and fight in the moonlight, or you know, go old school. And he says, like, you know how I like old school. <laughs> and they could, uh, they could go to the, go down to the beach and do it at dawn. Yeah. And uh, so it's like, looks like they come to agreement on how they're going to do this. And then Bill goes to draw his sword early. Mm-hmm. And she gets her shit knocked away, and then yeah. she ends up with his. Uh, was it either was it hers or was it his? Um, Saya, the sheath. Um, shoot, I'm drawing blank. Well, he goes to stab, and she posi- perfectly positions to basically she holsters. Oh uh, yeah, sheaths sheaths his sword. It's his. Yeah, it was it was black. It okay, was black, yeah. so she sheaths sheaths his sword for mm-hmm. him, and then. She does the five-point palm exploding heart technique. Well, she does the, it, and then we didn't realize what she did to him until he... He's like, he's, he taught you the five-point palm exploding heart technique? hmm Yes. Why didn't you tell me? And she's like, because she realized what she like. She's like, because I'm a bad person. <laughs> and they have, a, they have one final sweet moment. It's like, you're not yeah, a bad you're person. you're a bad person. You're 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 actually one you're of my like, favorite people. Every once in a while, sometimes. yeah. Every once in a while, you could be a real cunt sometimes. Yeah, and then she starts teary laughing. He's like, and he's like, "How do I look?" Mm-hmm. I thought she was gonna say handsome. I always forget. She's like, "Bro, I, ready." I said ready. Yeah, I was like, I said it ready before. It was like, it was like, cliche. Oh, look, you look ready. Yeah. So he he stands up, takes his steps, and he walks to his death intentionally knowing he's about to die and he he buttons his he buttons his uh his his sport coat he doesn't even hesitate goes out like a boss yeah he doesn't even hesitate the fifth step either i thought he was gonna pause a little bit it didn't take it no he just went straight to the five steps like what a boss yeah and she scoops up her baby drives off and then next thing you know like it's the next morning she's watching cartoons yeah uma's in the bathroom it's a dope scene too crying and then you realize she's cry laughing. She she's mixed with emotions. She's she's crying for joy because it's all over. It's all she's over. She's laughing with enjoy because it's all over. But you, she's also sad. That's a lot. She, she was there's a lot of emotions going on right there. I also I feel like because it ended with her daughter, like that was like what she she actually got something out of it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? O- outside of just getting pure revenge, you get to have the the life you wanted. Yeah. Imagine With if she nobody's at, Imagine she would have taken everybody's advice and be the uh, turn the other cheek and let bygones be bygones. She would have never found her daughter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So revenge is needed, people. Revenge <laughs> is justified. <laughs> I think I think we all learned something there. <sighs> so 
pretty good movie, huh? Yeah, really good movie. I, I get, I, I, I finally get it. I'm mad at myself. I didn't watch Kill Bill a long time ago. But you know what? I love that we're doing this podcast because movies like this that I've missed, most people don't understand. I didn't understand, but Kill Bill is on top of my one of my favorite uh, as far as Quentin Tarantino's and just action and violence in general, bro. Yeah. That was dope. I, I watched volume one back to back. Volume two, I did same thing. Yeah. So it's like, it's one of the, like, I love all his movies. But none of them will ever be watched as much as these two, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I, I, I'm on there. I'm on that boat. Because when Django came out, yeah, I probably watched that thing like four, five times the first year it came out. And then <laughs> I after, watched it three times. And now it's like an every other year type of movie. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> this one you could watch every year. TNT, uh, it's on TNT. No, you can't watch it like that. No, you don't want to watch it like that. That's why. That's why I stopped watching. <laughs> you don't watch the edited version. That's why it's like, nah. So I'll dope is seen. You're gonna. You're going with. Uh... I said Pi May's five point palm exploding heart. Uh, that that scene. But then I just said at the bottom, I put an arrow. The whole final chapter was like my dopest scene. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give it to that too. But the massacre at Two Pines ranks real high for me. You know what? I I didn't even have that because I didn't get it. You got you you put it in perspective like yeah actually the way you just put that true i you all those friends they were weird but you got you got to know that they were all cool with mm -hmm. doing that whole thing and even rufus cool. and the the pastor and, and his wife yeah they're all cool people cool people so i liked i liked so all them i get that one yeah that's dope scene too did we <clears throat> did we do key ingredients last time because it's all the same stuff mm. i put Quentin Tarantino's writing, directing, and influences. Uma Thurman, actress and muse. Uh, the production design, the cinematography, the soundtrack. Yeah, but I, we usually do that. So I just did, yeah, the same thing. I just said the flashbacks, the dialogue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but story was a key ingredient. Because like, I, I complained about it at first. But then I was like, you know what? It makes sense. It all makes sense. Mm -hmm. It all makes sense. So, yeah, it was good. Cause that was one of my unnecessary ingredients. Like very slow in the beginning. Like and then I crossed it. Out. I was like, no, nah. it was perfect. It was perfect. Good call. I like mm -hmm. how you like. You know, it, so like I said, this wasn't my favorite. I, I I didn't like it nearly as much as Volume One, the first ten years. You know, when I watched it, and it's like, it is it is superior. <laughs> it just isn't as fun, but it's still fun. Yeah, and it's got a lot of good scenes. It's got a lot more heart. Yeah, it does. Oh yeah. man. Just like the, the lengths that she put her body through to do all that. Like <sighs> you could tell she was doing most of that, which actually will lead into one of the next parts. Oh yeah. Yeah. She, she was doing, she, she's getting the shit beat out of her and doing all that stuff. We, I, I, I needed to watch like the, like the behind the scenes. I need to get like the DVD or something so I can, I, I really want to see like what she went through. Cause that shit was serious. S just the dirt going in her mouth and all the crazy shit she was doing just for that and crawling through. So I don't know if it was when it was when she was driving the Carmen Gia. I don't know if it was on the way there, but they shot this thing in sequence. I don't know if it was on the way to the to meet Bill or it was supposed to be after. Mm. But they didn't apparently didn't have her stunt woman, and they needed to do the scene. And Quentin Tarantino pressured her into driving the car herself. He did it. He did a drive on her. He's like, the car's safe. It's good. It's like, you can do this. Really? And he's like, but if you don't hit this speed and let the wind be in your hair, 
I'm going to make you do it again. He's like, it's a straight road. It's good. Let's do this. Really? And she got pressured by the producer to do it and Tarantino. And she crashed. It was, it was like, it wasn't straight. There was sand on the road. She crashed it. Um, no. Fucked up her knee. Got a concussion. No. Yeah. She was wearing a neck brace and all that. And she didn't want to do it too. She like said she didn't want to do it. And then she did it. What? And yeah. And then for her, like, and she was like, she wasn't, she said she wasn't the same for a long time after that. Like after that, like she was, she's like still, she like permanently injured, like her body, she never fully recovered from no. everything. And I, I'm like, and she hasn't, they haven't collaborated since. And her career, like when you look back, you're like, oh yeah, she felt, she fell off kind of. You're like, you don't see her nearly as much no. stuff. Like her, like she was A-list, A-list. Right. Through, through the, the mid to late nineties. Yeah. And then in the early 2000s, I can't really remember what she so was doing. So true. Right and I, then, Uma Thurman was everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, she wasn't in much after this. She, mm -hmm. Like the last movie I remember watching her was Paycheck, which was terrible. Now I got to wasn't playing. Like Ooh, watch Gattaca. Oh, she was so good in Gattaca. <clears throat> I got not gotta watch. Ooh, Gattaca's um, on her list. Mm, okay, I gotta watch this uh, behind the scenes because this is the movie that took her out. Then, I they, mean, she put a lot of her body her body through a lot. So mm -hmm. obviously, this she was already a star, mm -hmm. and then she came out with these. She was in these movies, and she somehow managed to like bring a lot of emotion and drama to like this actions this action movie mm -hmm. and she did a really good job especially in this one that she acted her ass off seriously you felt like you felt a lot of emotions mm -hmm. with her so wait, that scene with the car how did they get that scene then if she crashed um so the, the i mean the, one of them was was a screen like the one that they had on the, in the film. beginning, yeah, in the that, beginning, that was a that was a back, so uh, yeah, okay. projected onto a screen. Yeah, so I don't know if that's the same part or one of the parts where she's driving away, but I, that looked intentional. Like they didn't, yeah, it, that look that's an old school movie technique that, that looks like that scene that was intentional. They didn't do it because so I don't know. Like honestly, where where she crashed, I think it might have been cut from the movie. Like it wasn't. Even, I don't even think it was like necessary. Damn. Well, no, she did drive because uh, it was a side, the the beginning of the movie. It was this like, kind of like straight. A wine, like I watched the clip mm -hmm. when we were doing the like uh, today. Yeah, and it, like I'm like I don't remember that she crashed into a tree. So she recovered, and then she continued to do the movie, though, right? The, I mean, they filmed at the end, so I don't know. Also, oh, it was actually at the end. No. But yeah, I don't know if it was before or after she actually met Bill because they filmed the movie in sequence. So, oh, but it was. Okay. It ha she didn't have much movie to do after that. Oh, okay. Dang, that's that's a tough way to end a, a great relationship, though. And then, all right, her. I'm pr I think it might have happened. I think it might have happened before that because, all right, so she's wearing a dress at the end, right? Mm -hmm. That would have hidden a knee brace, and the final action, yeah, takes place sitting down. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, right? They might have re, they might have adjusted that scene to accommodate her uh having a fucked up knee funny even you say knee and then bill's whole thing was i'm gonna shoot you in the heard knee. it was heard it oh <laughs> uh, yeah oh that shit hurts so yeah they're like they were like friends before that like dang he wrote this while staying in new york and spending a, t a lot of time with her and her daughter she helped come up with the idea of the bride 
and how like the bride uh, was on revenge after being shot up on her wedding day and killing the whole wedding party. Right. And that's because Tarantino was like, I want to do like a revenge Western Kung Fu movie style thing. And mm -hmm. she's like, and she came up with that and they kind of like developed this idea together. They were, they were really good collaborators. He considered her, you know, a muse. Yeah. And then it's like, they didn't do anything. It's like, damn, that's crazy. That's, 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 a that's bittersweet to know. Hey, thank you for holding that. That was crazy. Yeah. So it's like, man, I mean, they're, he's still saying like last year and this is after they had talked, you know, cause this, you know, so there was video and he had, he had, he got the video for her, like the, the actual, the evidence of what happened and they wouldn't give her, they wouldn't, they wouldn't give her the, the film basically, unless mm -hmm. she released them of all liability for emotional and physical damage. Right which she wasn't going to do. So after everything was going down with Harvey and all that, Harvey Weinstein, like yeah. Tarantino got, got it for her and gave it to her. And so she, she finally released that like after like 15 years. Wow. Crazy. Yo. Mm -hmm. Recently. I mean, that was all, this has all been recent. So volume three apparently could be in the works. Like I, the internet says it is, but I don't know. Tarantino doesn't always follow through on projects cause he goes where he goes, you know, like, mm. like he was, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Have you seen that one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Inglorious Bastards, like he'd been put, he had been putting that together like for over a decade. You know, That's like because he he goes, he switched off to does different stuff. You know? Right. So we'll see if Volume Three actually happens, but could be. Yeah. Oh, I said I slept on Inglorious Bastards too. I watched Inglorious Bastards too. That was a dope ass movie. Yeah. He says he has an interesting idea for a new film. It could be at least three years from now. It is definitely in the cards, and I believe it's going to be. Um. The daughter of Green. Um, oh, uh, um, uh, Viv K. Fox? Yeah. What's her character's? What's uh, Anita? No. Something like that. Yeah. It starts with a V, isn't it? No. Vernita. Vernita. Okay. So it could, it's supposed to be her daughter on Revenge. So we'll see if that actually happens. Ooh. So. The four slash seven. That's like, shit obviously shouldn't be remade. <laughs> um, late sequel, though. Yeah, I said no. Would be notes. cool. Um, what do you think? What What do you think the film's legacy is? What I think the film's legacy is, I think it's Quentin Tarantino's love and respect for outside influences that make great stories. Yes. That was my dreams. <laughs> That's what I put. Yeah. I was like, I love Quentin Tarantino after this one. Basically, every movie he does is like an homage to things that he loves. Exactly. So he loves and puts his heart in like every single movie he does. Right. I mean... There's like different types of geniuses when it comes for me. He's a, he's a film genius, but I think like a lot of geniuses and different things, he could be hard person to deal with, you know, when dealing with all that stuff. But I think in the end it works out. I really wish he wouldn't fucking hurt Uma Thurman though. Cause where could she be right now? Uh, yeah, true. But he, he says that is the biggest regret in his life is with putting her in that car. Oh, uh, I see. Well, there it is. I said, um, what's the film's legacy? I said, yeah, it introduced the world to Quentin Tarantino as an action director. But it also marked the end of his and Uma Thurman's collaboration with each other. She suffered permanent injury after the car crash and believes her career in life was never the same after, which yeah. is an unfortunate legacy. But it's, I, I still, I'm still happy this movie happened though so much. I mean, yeah, it's, a, I mean, that whole, he was trying to push her to do something that he thought was safe. I mean, I don't, yeah. Uma, come on now. He, he who made who? <laughs> this is that's a good question huh oh he was she was uh she was already on her way yeah when when she was in pulp fiction so 
I mean, Pulp Fiction definitely isn't the same without her. Even mm. though I didn't get like the appeal as much back back then, but she's man. Another we're gonna do. Yeah, Pulp we gotta Fiction. watch. We'll Pulp do Pulp Fiction, Fiction soon. Damn, um, all these movies. I'm like, damn, we gotta. We're gonna do them, but now I have to wait. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, for me personally, both film both films led me down a rabbit hole of classic kung fu and samurai movies. Mm. Nice. The ones that I hadn't seen before. So until I found out their influences of this, I'm like, I had to dive deeper into like and see movies that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. I mean, I grew up on a lot of old samurai movies and kung fu movies, but there's still like a bunch. Like I never seen any of the Lone Wolf and Cub movies, like which is what Shogun Samurai was made out of, and that influenced a lot of what was going yeah. on in the first movie. Spar action, kind of like just inf- informed the style a lot. Right. And then. uh yeah, I've never seen some of the old, some of the, the Shaw Brothers style kung fu movies. I've seen a lot of um, Golden Harvest style mm. kung fu movies, but those like I hadn't seen a lot of them. Shaw Brothers and Shaw Brothers is like the kind where it's like the Fu Manchu oh, okay. stylized yeah. shit, you know. You like that better? Oh, I I like I, I Golden Harvest had a lot of good stuff. They're the ones that you know got Bruce Lee, mm. you know. Yeah. So they're the ones that. There was different. It was different. It was a different vibe, but I, I like both of them. Okay. But I'm gonna go with Golden Harvest. I got to choose because Jackie Chan was a Golden Harvest guy too. I gotta get in. We gotta get into all of these too. Yeah. Um, where can people see it? You said it's on Hulu, huh? It's on Hulu. If you have this the subscription, it's also on HBO Max. But HBO Not Max is kind Hulu. of a a pain right now because they don't have a Roku app or a Amazon Prime or Amazon Fire Stick app. So. I watched it on the laptop on HBO Max, though. Yeah. So, it was yeah. on Netflix up until earlier, like three I saw months it on ago. on Netflix, too. Yeah. And um, what I, I don't know what's going on with Netflix and how they do their movies and how they cycle through. Because it's all of them, they, 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 they have an agreement in place for how long they can, how long they're going to have something. And then once that runs out, they could either choose to like renew it and pay more or like try to funnel in some other stuff or okay. sometimes they don't have the option to renew because it's already like been like promised to other you know mm-hmm. other groups yeah well Kill Bill is always going to be in a cycle though so it's a lot of those so it's on Hulu it's on HBO and then I I didn't want to deal I, I should have just got the Hulu uh, ad free yeah who's got a lot of good stuff I would I mean H, once HBO Max has apps on stuff you could actually watch it on HBO Max is dope. Yeah, okay. They have tons of stuff. Um, they have all the Studio Ghibli movies. <laughs> um, nice. Any parting words? No, watch the movie. Don't be like me and wait, what, how many years? Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, I'm definitely going to watch it a lot more just because uh, Quentin Tarantino is up there. But yeah, no, man, to watch it. All right. You could catch us on Days of Films Past. At uh, That's our handle on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we got a days of films past.com. Webby. The website. I mean, it's nothing's actually act, got anything going on now, but by the time you hear this, it will. Cause <laughs> we have recorded like what episode? I don't even know what episode this is, and we haven't even it's released nine, one I yet. Think. We're going to get to, we're going to, we're going to get to 10 in the can before we release one. Hey, man. It's an investment. Yeah, it does. And I hope you guys are with us. We're buying ourselves a buffer. <laughs> if you're still listening to us. <laughs> We appreciate you. Yeah.